Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Israel, a place that I have always thought it would be phenomenal to get to go there, but I doubt that I'll ever get to see this Earth's Israel. But I look forward to that new Jerusalem one day coming out of the sky 1,500 square miles, excuse me, 1,500 cubic miles of density. Still trying to figure out how the Earth is going to be able to handle that one. But that would be a new Earth. In the last 70 years, Israel, this nation of Israel, has reformed and has grown to world prominence and world influence. Surrounded by millions of their enemies, the Jewish nation of Israel has flourished and the desert has come alive. For Jesus followers, we're familiar with the history of Israel, reaching back over 3,000 years. As adopted children of God into his chosen family, we see God's hand in using the people of Israel in ushering in the Messiah and delivering salvation to the world. Yet inside the nation of Israel, There are still many who doubt the very existence of Jesus, our Messiah, and many who do not believe that he is the Son of God. But recently, there's a huge movement of God in the nation of Israel and to the Jews scattered worldwide to bring the truth about Jesus to the forefront. Today we travel, quote-unquote, to Israel. I wish we could be on location. That would be really cool. Maybe one day God will provide for that. But today, we travel to Israel to hear from Richard and Carolyn Hyde about the returning of the Jews and how their workplace in Israel is a massive mission field. Richard and Carolyn Hyde, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you so much, Jim. Thank you very much. Very excellent. Great great to hear from you guys. So glad that we're able to share this time on the air. Why don't you just start off with a little bit of your story on how you two came to be followers of Jesus? Go ahead, Carol. Okay. Well, um, I grew up in a Jewish home and an Orthodox synagogue near Chicago and um, was pretty much steeped in Judaism as a child, and, and I loved it. Um now, I was taught as a child that uh, Christians hated me. So, I mean, all four of my grandparents were Orthodox Jews who immigrated to America from Russia and Poland. So I grew up hearing the stories about the Holocaust and about, you know, just uh, the persecution of my people. And, and I was taught as a child that it was Christians who did this. So I figured, well, if they hate me, then I hate them. And that was pretty much it. Now... Actually, during Easter, you were persecuted. Yeah, kids would throw rocks at my brothers and I and call us Christ killers and just things like this. So, yeah, so I had no interest in knowing anything about Yeshua or Jesus. We call him Yeshua, that's his name in Hebrew. And um, after university, I was traveling. I was kind of a hippie. Uh, And at one point, I was living in Mexico, and I had a vision, and I saw... Jesus. And I knew it was like something fell off my eyes when I saw him, and I was singing with angels. It was something glorious. And I knew in my heart that Yeshua is the Lord. And then that scared me because I thought, wow, well, who am I going to tell this to? Um, Because Jews don't believe in Jesus. That's what I was taught as a child. So I didn't tell anyone. For four years, I was a secret believer. 
Um, now, the thought of going to a church never even occurred to me during that time because I knew Jesus had something to do with the church, but I really didn't know what. Um, and when I would think of a church, all of that would come to me was the Easter Bunny. And I love the Torah, the first five books of, of the Bible. And I couldn't figure out what does the Easter Bunny have to do with the Torah. So nothing. So I figured, okay, then church isn't for me. Um, so I just, I didn't know. I didn't know anything. Um, but after four years, the Lord led me to a Messianic congregation. And there I found I wasn't the only Jew in the world who believes. Uh, but more importantly, because most of the people there were Christians, I was taught that truly born-again Christians actually love the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. So true. And that was such a revelation for me that I went through a healing and a deliverance in that congregation. And now, obviously, I love Christians. Um, you know, we're, we're together in this. In fact, I'm married to one. Richard and I are, you know, a Jew and a Christian, one new man in Messiah. And that is truly God's heart for all of his children. Nobody's better than anybody. Mm. We're one in Messiah. Amen. Richard, what about you? How, what was your journey like to find to, to become a follower of Jesus? <laughs> well, I actually grew up in a Methodist church, and when I was uh, 15 years old, this was actually in 1969, there was a phenomena called the, well, you know, of course, the Jesus Revolution, and there was a lay witness mission where people would come from churches around, born-again believers, and stay in homes in, in a, uh, your local church and for the weekend and be able to, to witness to you. So the youth, we were at the uh, skating rink on a Saturday afternoon, and a guy was uh, skating, and he fell down, and another person ran over his arm and broke the arm. I, I was not a believer and I saw this, and, and rather than these believers taking him to the hospital, they just gathered around him and started praying. And I'm thinking, wow, this is crazy. Uh, and so then the, that evening, a few hours later, we had a meal together, and I uh, saw the young man, and he was healed completely. Of course, this gave me um, you know, cognitive dissonance the whole night long. I was up just trying to figure out what, what was going on. So the next day, we were in, singing in the choir, and I, we were singing the song, How Great Thou Art. And all of a sudden, this was before downloads, but I actually got a download from heaven, just realizing, you know, my state and being separated from God and what Yeshua, Jesus, did for me. And what during this time, as I was getting this download in a little Methodist church with no skylights in the ceiling, all of a sudden, a, a light just comes down right through the ceiling and comes around me. People in the congregation are watching it and, you know, bumping each other on the shoulder and say, look, look, do, do you see that light around Rick, you know? And, and I could I could feel it and I could see it. I was looking out from it and and people were, you know, they were um, was so bright I could hardly see what was going on. And then so I got this download. So then just very quickly kind of going forward, ended up going to Oral Roberts University, thought I was going to be a doctor, decided not to do that. I was in in a stage of trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life, living in a trailer, eating a lot of oatmeal and peanut butter because I wasn't making much money. I was teaching uh, tennis uh, on on the side, but reading my Bible a lot. And I came across a scripture in uh, Psalms uh, uh, 122.6. It says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem and those that do shall prosper. 
Well, since I wasn't making much money, I saw the prosper part. So I said, hey, let's try this praying for Jerusalem. And now <laughs> maybe I'll prosper here. And so then I began to pray, and, and the same visitation happened again. But this time there wasn't any, they weren't uh, witnesses. But it was the very same thing. And what happened this time, instead of being saved, I got a supernatural love for the Jewish people. Mm. So I jumped up. I grew up in West Texas where there's actually more horses than people where I grew up. And so I never met a Jewish person. So my first thought was, let's go meet a Jew. (laughs) And God said, sit back down in the chair, relax, just keep reading your Bible. And I did, but now I'm seeing it from a whole different perspective. You know, I'm seeing... Uh, where Yeshua you know, is all the way through the scriptures and all these prophecies. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the feast and the Jewish feast and, and seeing that Jesus is right in the middle of those. And so I, I just started seeing things from a whole different perspective. And then, of course, I met a Jewish person later on. And, and that, that really kind of was the mark that, that changed my, my life. Uh, is, is throughout my life I've had a love for the Jewish people and, and by God's grace I've been able to work with them and, and then of course marry my wife and live here in Israel so it's been an amazing journey very cool yeah. All right, I love it, and there's so much I want you guys to teach us but you know, I, I want to jump now to the story of you guys are living in the United States but the Lord drew you to Israel Carolyn, tell us right, why what drew you to Israel to live there today? Well, I always knew I'd live there. My father and mother were absolute Zionists, and they always told us, you know, America is not our home. Israel is the only home that we have. And so I always kind of knew that. And, and Richard, you know, he's, he is like totally like a Ruth, the male version of Ruth. Um, and um, so we were actually, the Lord drew us to uh, Germany first. And we lived there. That's a whole long story we won't go into. But um, And then he, the Lord took us through an experience where we knew that we knew that we had to come home. Um, it's a very interesting story. Probably take a couple of minutes if you'd like to hear Go it. ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so we were living uh, in Germany, and we, the, the Lord had given us just an amazing favor uh, there and been working uh, and be able to go into schools and talk to young uh, men and women about Yeshua. And, in public schools. In public schools. Hmm. And actually many, many of them coming to the Lord. It's really quite, that in itself is a story. Um, but then we hadn't had a, a vacation, and so we were... Uh, for two years. For two yeah. years. We got to Czech Republic, and we were... Uh, going on the train, we were with our uh, three younger kids on our bikes, and so it was a Friday afternoon, and uh, we were looking for a place, a hotel, so we could, you know, have Shabbat together, uh, and we uh, couldn't find anything, just go riding from one village to the next on our bikes, and so then what we did... Uh, we stopped beside the road because we had our, our candles with us, and, and uh, we lit our candles on the side of the road. We kind of had a Shabbat to go, you might say. But then as the, as the sun was going down, uh, the road began to get more narrow and, and windy and, and dark. And, and uh, as we were going up the road, a, a truck would be coming one way and another truck going the other way. And it would, that would just sweep us right off the road into the ditch, probably about a, a meter drop or so. And this happened a couple of times with our kids, and they're getting hurt and crying very and dangerous. very dangerous yeah. and so then we decide, decided to sleep in uh, the forest 
So we kind of bedded down, and once we got bedded down, all of a sudden we hear wolves, you know, oh, and so we go, oh, no. So then we get up and get the kids back on the bikes, and then you know, we stop at houses along the way with where they have yards and ask if we can just even sleep in the, lar- the yard, and, and people would slam the door on us. And finally we got this. To, this is three and a half hours. Three and a half hours. sheer terror. So finally, finally we get to a hotel with one room. Yeah. And so, yeah, we got showers. I was really mad at God. I was like, you know, talking to him like, how could you let this happen to us? You know, I mean, some of the kids could have gotten killed. It was really horrible. And and the Lord spoke to me in that calm voice that, that he does. And he said, this is what it will be like when the hunters come. Go home now. And you know the scripture I'm referring to? It's Jeremiah uh, 16. 14 to 16, for I will take you out of not only the north country, but all the countries where I've scattered you. It's an Aliyah prophecy. And I will bring you back to the land I promised you. First I will call for the fishermen, and they will fish you home. And then I will call for the hunters, and they will hunt you down under every crevice of the rock. And so I told Richard, uh, wow, we need to make Aliyah. The time has come. So well, the next morning... Well, let's, let's, let, hang on for a vocabulary lesson there for a second. You both, you've used two words and not everybody's going to know. Shabbat, that's another word for saying, hey, you had your own church service, a Sabbath service, correct? Right. Okay. Yes, on and, Shabbat, on Saturday, Friday night to Saturday night. Right, and Shabbat, then Aliyah. Yes. Go ahead and explain Aliyah. Ah, Aliyah is the right of return of the Jewish people to live in Israel. It's actually a holy word um, comes from the Hebrew word la'alot, which means to go up to God, literally. And it's an extremely important word because, you know, many, many people in the church wonder, well, what does Aliyah have to do with me? What, what's the big deal? It's for the Jews. Well, it's kind of like how God does something in the physical, or he does something. He's trying to give us a message in the spirit, but sometimes our minds are too little to get it. So he has to give us something physical. So look at it this way. God is taking a physical people, the Jewish people, he's bringing us back to a physical land that he promised, that's Israel. But what he's really trying to say is when that final shofar blows, the archangel blows that shofar, then we will go up to meet the Lord in the air when the new Jerusalem is coming down. That, That is Aliyah. So we're actually all going to make Aliyah. Yes. <laughs> so that's why it's so important for the church to understand and pray for the Jewish people making Aliyah. And it, it's, in, it's important to note that over 60 times in Scripture, uh, it talks about Aliyah, that I will gather you from the lands where I scattered you and bring you back to the lands that I gave to your forefathers. Mm-hmm. But just very quickly, what happened, the next morning I'm walking uh, after uh, Carolyn got this word from, from the Lord, and I discovered that the name of this village was Babylon. <laughs> so there we were in Babylon, and God was saying, it's time to come home, just like Daniel, you know, the 70 years were up. So, so that's what we did. We just we just moved to Israel. Yep. That's how we made it. So you've been there for 14-plus years, right? Right. Yeah. All right, uh-huh. so let's just start helping. I mean, eventually I really want to get into, okay, how is I work for him, the message of I work for him really being lived out there. But that's what you guys are doing. Every day you live, I work for him. But I, I want to talk <laughs> about, you know, on the evening news every day, we don't hear anything good about Israel. 
Never. All we hear about is all the terrible things that are going on and how terrible the Israeli people are uh, and the Jews are and how mean they are to the Palestinians. I mean, and and all the stuff. Talk about what is really going on in Israel. I mean, in seven decades that that the Jews have been returning en masse to Israel. Mm -hmm. Talk about what's really going on there. Okay. Well, maybe, yeah, to give you a good picture of what's really going on here, it's important to understand the scripture, for we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with powers and principalities. This is a spiritual battle. It used to be when the Jewish people first started coming back, there were many uh, families, uh, Jewish people who moved to Israel from escaping persecution from other countries, and they came in big waves of Aliyah in uh, the late 1800s. And actually, I think it was in 1869, Mark Twain was in Israel. He even made a trip, and he said it was the most desolate land he had ever seen. There was hardly anyone here. So, you know, and then suddenly these waves of Jewish people started coming home, fleeing persecution, and Actually, the few Muslims that were living in the land at that time, uh, there was peace between, you know, most of the time, not all the time. But it, it's almost like, you know, how a kid has a toy and uh, because the other kid uh, doesn't want to play with it. But once the other kid picks up that toy that the other kid abandoned, then suddenly the other kid wants that toy and declares it's his. It's kind of, it's a little bit of that mentality, but it only... Only real lives are at stake. But what happened was many Jews came to Israel in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and began to settle the land. And, you know, Israel never really prospered outside uh, of when all the empires all throughout history owned Israel. And, And finally, when the Jews came back, the land began to prosper. And it prospered so much that the harvest, was so great that the Jewish people put out a call to Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, Egypt, all the surrounding Arab nations, uh, which were not really Arab nations. They were, you know, because the, the Arabs were mainly tribal peoples. And they said, please, you know, come to what was called Palestine in that time. Please come and, and we'll pay you and you can participate in the harvest. So many Arabs came to Israel in that time. And that's where you've got the so-called Palestinians. Uh, There is actually no such thing as the Palestinian people. They are Arabs from the surrounding nations that came and initially lived in peace. But as the gospel is going forth and, and Muslims are coming to faith and Jewish people are coming to faith in Yeshua, in Jesus, the Messiah, the enemy, Satan, is stirring up so much warfare in the spirit that this is why you don't hear anything good in the news about Israel. All right, we're talking with Carolyn and Richard Hyde. They're calling in from Israel today. So you could say we're doing a worldwide broadcast today, which is always true because we have podcast listeners around the globe on every continent except for Antarctica, and we're working on that because they're just starting to now colonize Antarctica now that the grass is showing. Richard and Carolyn, you you mentioned earlier, um, just, well, you said so many things. I'm just so excited about the things you're, you're saying. I'm not going to go back to what you said before because all of a sudden I lost my point in my head. So let's just go ahead. Talk about the spiritual condition of Israel. 
Uh, okay, before we do that, sure. I just want to add one thing real quick. Go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to say, in the, in, while talking about the Muslim people, you know, we don't hate the Muslims. We pray for them, we love them, we bless them, and we want them to know Yeshua, too. Amen. Everybody needs the Lord. Amen. Yeah. That is very, so very the cool. spiritual condition. I think it's really important to understand that actually uh, Paul talks about it, and then, of course, Yeshua himself. You know, the Scripture says that Yeshua, or Jesus, the Messiah, came to his own people, and his own people didn't recognize him. Um, and what's happened is, is the, the Jewish people then rejected the Messiah, and then they were scattered throughout the whole world pursuit. So for 2,000 years, they've been separated from their land. And now that God has, has brought them back here uh, to, the, to the land, you know, brought a physical people back to a physical land, it talks about in um, Ezekiel, uh, what is it, 40, no, 28. Where it says, 36. Yeah, 36, 24, 24. Through, through 28. Mm-hmm. It says that I will gather you from all the lands where I've scattered you and bring you back to the land that I gave to your forefathers, and once you come back in the land, I will I will uh, take that heart of stone out and put in a heart of flesh. Mm. Uh, I will um, put my spirit in you and put a new heart in you and a heart to follow after me, and I will be your God, and you will be my people. So he's going to do heart surgery on us. So when we first moved to Israel 14 years ago, we didn't see this open, openness. There, there, you know, people would get upset when we would talk about Yeshua. But in the, since 2007, we don't have time to, to say why that's such an important year, um, which was the 40th anniversary of Jerusalem becoming a Jewish city. Which it was a prophecy that Yeshua gave. But since that point, we have we are seeing an openness, and God is fulfilling that 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 scripture and many, many, many others. Uh, because, you know, it says in Romans that, that God's not going to keep, you know, he, he says that he blinded their eyes and he hardened their hearts, but that's not going to last forever. And that's what we're beginning to see now in the land is God is opening their hearts and opening their eyes to see their own brother, Yeshua. Yeah. The right. natural olive tree is coming alive. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, I love that, the olive tree, the, the, the olive oil. I mean, just so many there. Okay, but let's just talk about your jobs, okay? Your workplace. Carolyn, you're a professional musician. I've seen your videos. Lots of music is your life. Obviously, you took the hippie thing from the 70s, and you've lived that out. You still you still are living the music. I mean, it, it just is fantastic. Loved it. Although you were singing in languages I didn't understand, but I loved that. How, what is your workplace today? Because you guys have taken this mission extraordinarily seriously. How do you see your work playing out as part of the mission of God today in Israel? First of all, let me just say that music is not my life. Yeshua is my life. Uh, okay, and, um, okay. The, the, the Sunday school we, answers worked just great. Everybody knew what I meant. That, I mean, everybody knew what I meant. I know, I know. I just had to, I had to get that. That's fine. That's good. So it, we have been called here. It's very clear that the Lord has called us here to share the love of Messiah with the Jewish people. We are not here to convert Jewish people to Christianity. I'm still Jewish. It's, it's, it's I, you know, and I don't say that with any arrogance. I hope people will not be offended. But it's very important for the church to understand that when a Jew finds and decides to follow Messiah, Yeshua, we're still Jewish. And this is because God needs an identifiable Jewish remnant to call out to him to say, Baruch haba b'shem Aronai, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. 
And then Jesus is coming back when that happens. Yeah, so, yeah Carolyn, I'm just going to so, stop there right there because I love, I love, I love that point. That was something you taught me the first time we talked on the phone, and I and I didn't understand it. And I want to make make sure people get it because really, when we become followers of Jesus, as you call him Yeshua, you know, my Hebrew is very very weak, but as we become followers of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, we really become adopted into the family of God to become we become right. adopted Jews we become part mm-hmm. of his chosen people and and so you're saying yeah a Jew doesn't become a Christian really us as Christ followers become Jews well you don't become Jewish physically, physically right but right yeah yeah spiritual spiritual in. Jews right I'm you're not a theologian the you get right. drafted in circumcised of the heart Mm-hmm. And, they, and before God, there's no difference, no male or female or, or mm-hmm. Jew or Gentile. Yeah. For our sonship. You know, yeah. A lot of us have friends around the country, as people are listening, that are Jewish. That will that will, And, and some of them are cultural Jews and some of them are religious Jews, but they, they claim their Jewish heritage. And I think what you, I remembered what you said at the beginning of the show, and I want to make sure I emphasize it for our listeners that jumped on after the bottom of the half hour, is that I have had a lot of Jews tell me that, that they thought that the New Testament, as we call it, was all about hating the Jews, that it was all anti-Jew, that it was just, uh-huh. a, it was, there was a book written about, hating Jews and and that I had been told before that they that my Jewish friends who've come to know Jesus that they were told that all Christians hated Jews and, and so that that we as Christ followers need to understand that and really I I don't know how you get people to do it you've got it we as Christ followers need to un, we need to know the Old Testament in order to be able to point people to Jesus uh-huh, but we uh-huh. need to get people to read the New Testament which I know is a big step to get a Jew to read the New Testament to get them to see hey this isn't a Jewish hater document. This is this is a Jewish lover document. My Savior is a Jew, and I love that. I'm in, I'm excited about it. <laughs> I had a conversation around the pool yesterday with one of my Jewish neighbors, and we got talking about we, we got talking about Passover, and I had just finished reading the Ooh. whole the whole Passover in Exodus, and, and we got to have a great conversation about it. And and I could just see her eyes going, "Hey, how come this guy knows so much about my uh, about my heritage?" Like it's all. All there, I read it all the time. Anyway, back to you guys in Israel. People, well, I just want to make sure we people to jealousy like you're supposed to. Yeah, yeah. I, I just you, think it's important what? that we know that we understand that that the Jews think that we that that we're against them. That the New Testament is really a an, an evil book. Yeah, wait, wait. it's so sad. You know wait, how wait. you change hearts is is through love, and so when mm-hmm. when you come over here and and, and Jim, I'm sure the Lord's going to provide a way for you to to come and yeah, if, come if, on if, over. Really, a desire of your heart, the the Lord will will make a way. But when when people come and they show the the love of the Messiah. That's really what changes mm-hmm. hearts when mm-hmm. people are volunteering and blessing people and and helping and and because, speaking words of truth. Because and hope. the Jewish mentality is, "Don't tell me about your religion; show me." Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference there. And so, I think um, you know one way. Um, you know, one thing you were asking about what we're called to do here. We yeah. do share our faith very actively. But one thing we love to do as well is when there are tour groups coming to Israel, we welcome them into our home for an evening of worship. And we even teach a little Israeli folk dancing, and and we speak about how God is moving on the hearts of the Jewish people today. Our, Our hope in doing this is to raise up informed intercessors for Israel 
and and it's and working and ambassadors <laughs> absolutely and um, and then we serve dinner up on our roof we have one of those flat roofs you read about in the bible and and we have a view of the Kinneret, the Sea of Galilee, and the Golan, and the and the Jordan Valley. It's uh, gorgeous. Um, but anyway, that's that's one thing that uh, your listeners may find interesting if they're coming over to Israel. It's it's kind of our tent making ministry, but then it helps fund all of our our outreach projects that we do. And people can um, find out more about what you're doing at Heart of. God without the O, heart of G dash D dot O R G, heart of G dash D dot O R G. All right, let's get into the real meat of what you guys are doing there because this Isaiah 53 thing has absolutely astounded me since you first told this. <laughs> well, you know, your uh, listeners will need to go to our website, uh, heartofgod.org, uh, and, and take a look at it. So It's wh- on the Yeshua so Project. Why, why page. is Isaiah 53 so important? Uh, well, you know, it's the best description of Yeshua in the entire Bible. It's even better than what we see in the New Testament, because it really describes why he came and, and, and what he did. And what's amazing, this was written 700 years uh, before he was born. It's so good that the uh, rabbis actually in A.D. 1000 decided to take it out of the readings in the synagogue because it was just a, too clear of a description. Um, and so what happens is when we go out on, onto the streets, we're filming and we're talking to people and we're telling them about Isaiah 53. It's really the first time that they've ever heard this. But God has pre- prepared their hearts. They're open and, and they're ready. But, you know, for 2,000 years, think about it. Their eyes have been blinded. Their hearts have been hardened. But right now, in our time, God is opening their eyes. And um, this video has been seen by over uh, 10 million people throughout the world. Today we have the privilege of talking to Israel, Richard and Carolyn Hyde. You can check out more about them and their ministry online, their workplace each and every day, heartofgod.org, heartofgod.org, but eliminate the O in God, otherwise you'll get a different ministry, heartofg-d.org. And of course, that link will be on our Facebook page tonight and tomorrow when we post the podcast. All right, Richard and Carolyn, Richard, I'm sorry I'd interrupt you, but we had to go to break, but you were about saying that this video project has been seen, I think you said 10 million times all about Isaiah 53. Tell us about this video that you're talking about. Exactly, and that's throughout the world, but here in Israel it's been 1.2 million, which is really 20% of the population. Uh, And what happens is this this is on Facebook, which people are able to respond. So we're getting tens of thousands of responses from Israelis wanting to know about Yeshua. Now, of course, many of them are negative, but many of them are are very... uh, sincere wanting to know and and we're making connections meeting them at restaurants talking to them and people are coming to the lord and it's really god is opening the eyes of the jewish people like never before now this video i've watched it and i shared it in our small group right after we had our last phone conversation this video now the the young man doing the interviewing is that your son that's our son. That's our older son, Ariel, and we're actually right now in Jerusalem with our younger son, Avi. Say hi, Avi. Hey, hey, Avi, how you doing? <laughs> so I, that video is so great because now the video is in Hebrew, but it's subtitled in English, which is great for me because my Hebrew is very rough, as I said. Uh, <laughs> it just is because I, I just nobody's ever taught me, and I really have a hard time reading from right to left and from the bottom to the top. I really have a hard time doing that. <laughs> right. All right, so but in this video, your son takes Isaiah 53 to the streets, almost like a mobile 
reporter and and gets people to read it for themselves and ask them questions. Tell us about this video. That's the idea, is that since most Jewish people have never read Isaiah 53 before, when they read it, they're astounded. And by the way, the, the Israelis in the video that you mentioned, those are not actors. Those are just real people on the street. And um, and they're, they're amazed who it is, and it just kind of opens up the door to begin to ask questions. Well, this sounds like Jesus. You know, you'll hear people saying that, and, and how can that be? And, and, and so what we, we've done, actually, because we've gotten so many comments on the Facebook site where this uh, video is aired, um, we've actually hired both of our sons and, and several other young Israelis to uh, help answer, you know, respond to the seekers um, and sometimes meet at a restaurant or, or just, yeah. And, and, and that has led to some salvations, and that's why we're in all kinds of trouble right now. So talk, talk to us about that trouble. I mean, you're, you're saying, so you're part of the returning. You've been in Israel for 14 years. You are citizens of Israel, correct? Right, yes, and both of our sons served three years each in the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces. All right, but you're and, in trouble. Uh, Why? Um, well, we our lawyer said it's mainly because of the videos, because, yeah, because of the outreach that we do. Because you're sharing a forbidden chapter. Right. Uh, not just that. Well, you know, we do other things on the street, and we've got some outreach materials that we share with, with people. We've given away thousands of my CDs uh, just freely, one by one, with Sharing Messiah. We have an outreach booklet called Supernatural or Just Remarkable. We've given over 20,000 of those away in Hebrew and Russian. actually have another video that's uh, been out just a few months, and it's already up to about 400,000 here in Israel itself. And what we do, we actually go out and tell the people, we're going to tell you about a great Jewish leader, some of the things that he's done, uh, some of the things that he said, the impact that he's had. And we'd like for you to guess who it is. Well, we're telling them about Yeshua, but it's amazing. They they don't know anything really good about him. But as they begin to, to hear the stories and, and, and his responses and the things the that, that, that he did, they begin to fall in love with him. And it's just, it is just absolutely so beautiful. So you can go also go to our website and, and see that as well. Well, no, it's not on there, the website yet. Yeah, it's not, because I, I looked. I watched all the videos yeah. on your website. That well, one's not it's, on there. It's, can, only, it's only on the Hebrew website with in Hebrew with Hebrew subtitles. Oh, we'll that, get the English one going. We'll get, uh, it should be up soon. Yeah, when you get the English subtitle one, make sure you send me that link, and we'll get it out to our, all our listeners. I, I imagine I have oh. very few listeners that are really good in Hebrew, although my brother my brother knows Hebrew. But that's not really going to help the rest of our listeners. So, okay. <laughs> all right, so so you're, you're, you guys are in trouble, but I thought, you know, Israel has Jews and Muslims and Christians and people of no faith living in Israel. I, I thought that that was okay. This is the thing. They... They legally can't really do anything to us, so what they're doing is they're going after both of our daughter-in-laws, because both of them are not Jewish, so they couldn't make Aliyah. But when you're married to a Jew, if you're not Jewish, you get full benefits, citizenship, everything. But they're giving trouble to our daughter-in-laws, who are absolutely wonderful women of God. And, And so... It's really hard. Actually, they, they were trying to make our older daughter, our uh, Ariel's wife, uh, leave the country and never come back. And, I mean, they have three kids that are born here. So um, then we've been to court, and we had to deal with that. But 
we kept getting delays one after another. And finally, the judge said after this last delay, look, to the Mr. Abkanim, the Ministry of Interior, um, look, you have to, you can't string this family along. You have to give them a reason. What are you, you know, what are you doing? And so then they declared their real purpose is to try to remove my citizenship. Because if they're able to do that, then they can kick our whole family out. But it's really not just about uh, just about us. Yeah, it's all the Messianic Jews. If they're mm-hmm. successful at kicking us out, it's going to be, you know, they'll try to get the others as well. But of course, God's not going to allow no. that to happen. No, no I've read the book. Be... That doesn't happen. I mean, I've read the no, book. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't exactly. happen. We're the remnant of Israel, and we need to be here to share the love of our Messiah with our people. And in fact, Yeshua said he's not coming back until the uh, people can say, blessed are you who comes in the name of the Lord. Baruch HaBad B'Shem Adonai. Michael W. Smith did that in English, and that is one of my favorite songs. I, I love that. All right, I want to talk about Jerusalem. As you said, you're in Jerusalem today. And, and, uh-huh. and, and some big stuff's happening about Jerusalem, stuff that, you know, again, prophetic words about our President Donald Trump declaring that we're going to move our, uh, our embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. How big is that? How big a deal is that? Well, I think it's wonderful um, yeah. that 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 happened. It's really, you know, a, a milestone. Yeah, um, God bless President Trump for that. <laughs> but the thing is, you know, of course, it's not news to us as Israelis or to God. <laughs> this is no, or, or or us. Come on, if Christians understand Jerusalem's headquarters. If they read their Bible, they do. It's always been the capital, but and and, and actually, it doesn't have a, a big effect upon Israel. But it really has a big effect upon America. Because God said, I will bless those who bless thee, and I will curse those who curse thee. And this is, is really a blessing and, mm-hmm. and an honor that, mm-hmm. that America would recognize Jerusalem as the eternal capital uh, of Israel. And so I think it, that, that's a good thing for America. Yeah. And when you... you go ahead. <laughs> what, what was that, Caroline? I interrupted you. I apologize. Uh, our enemies are not too happy about that. But, no, it, but why is that a threat to them? I mean, it, I mean, I understand they want to claim part of Jerusalem because of the Dome of the Rock. The the the. But it's it's already reality. I mean, you guys. I mean, Jerusalem. It's already the reality. Why are they so mad about it? They live in a different reality. Then. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Avi just said they live in a different reality. Hmm. And, I think and, a lot of you people know, live in, yeah. That's yeah. true. But, you, but you know, and you can believe a lot of different things, um, but when it comes to biblical truth, you can't really argue with that. With what God promised to do for the Jewish people, I think there's a real spirit of jealousy and, and t- fear and intimidation among our enemies, and uh, you know, and when I say our enemies, I'm not saying all Muslims because, you know, there are a lot of Muslims who just want to raise their kids in peace and, and live in peace. But but the, the Islamic spirit, the radical Islamic spirit, the, the, the kind of spirit that says they want to wipe Israel off the face of the earth, that, that's what I'm talking about is our enemies. We got thirty. We got thirty seconds left. I really want our listeners to know how should they be praying for Israel and how can they help really quick. Pray that the Lord would open the eyes of the Jewish people to yes. see their Messiah. Yes, and uh, the Muslims, too. And, and that they can partner with us for the gospel to go forth in the land, to go to our website and learn more about what God's doing and how they can become part of that, uh, and to pray. 
just uh, to pray that, that, that God's will would be done in this land. May God bless you all. And thank you, Richard and Carolyn Hyde, for calling in from Jerusalem today. We are so grateful to partner with you. I do hope, face-to-face, we will do this show one day. But thank you for being at I Work for him today. God bless you, Jim. Make sure you check out Richard and Carolyn online at heartofgod.org. That's heartofg-d.org. And we'll have that posted on our Facebook page later tonight. I'm so excited to hear that God is moving radically in Israel. We all need to be part of that. Be praying for Israel today. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace, it's my mission field, but ultimately, I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit IWorkForHim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at IWorkForHim and online, IWorkForHim.com. I work the number four, him.com.